0: The autumn wind is a pirate.
1: Welcome back, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. Yes, the 2014 season, it's over. I'm burying it in the backyard with the dog, Dookie, if you know what I'm saying. We got things to talk about. We're moving forward. The Raiders are changing every day. We're going to talk about that and more here on show 428. Raider Nation, on today's show. The Oakland Raiders search other galaxies for a head coach. <laughs> you got to believe. Asshole of the Month, Damon Bruce. Been wanting to do this one for a while. He's certainly an ass, and I'm going to tell you why. The princess of darkness speaks. Yes, again, rumblings of a stadium in Los Angeles. Yes, the Rams are now popping off. We're going to hit on that one for sure. And then here we go with the bone line. Now, we had some trouble with our bone line here over the holidays, so we didn't get everybody in. Uh, But the bone line has been repaired, so get your ass on it. You know what I mean. That should finish it up for the show, and then we go on to the offseason, as usual. Well, Raider Nation, before I get into the meat of the show... The referees have once again jacked up a perfectly good football game. All season, they've blown, literally, flags everywhere. Uh, There's a problem here. Problem is that uh, they ripped a championship possibility from the Lions on a definite pass interference call that should have been able to be challenged for sure. Now, the NFL, you think that they're going to make some big changes because of this? Nope. Look at the press that the NFL got off of this jacked-up call. Nope. They're not going to change shit. Not until it makes a difference. Someone sues their ass or whatever. But the coaches need to have the ability to challenge these penalties and take that power away from the Z-bras and that is all I'm going to say about that. So now let's travel to the stars. <laughs> oh, gosh. The NFL, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Rada Nation. <laughs> its lifelong mission is to dominate To make others fear when they come to the black hole. And to go where no team has gone before. From the toilet to the crown. That's right. To the NFL championship and win. Well, it sure seems to me, as a Raider fan, the Raiders are looking in other galaxies. I mean, they're doing a full-on search for the new coach, the new leader of the Oakland Raiders. And honestly, it's refreshing. It's nice to see that they're doing due diligence. They're looking at coaches that, you know, listen, the names we're hearing are pretty damn good as far as names that we've heard in the past. I mean, we would get... The last possible coach standing, that would be the rumor. And then we would end up getting an assistant to the assistant that would refuse the job from the first assistant. (laughs) A decade of coaching buffoonery. It must come to an end this season. And at least it looks like the Raiders are doing their job to find our guy. So let's just listen to some of the guys' names that are out there and the Raiders are interested. It's important to understand that (laughs) this is a shell game of coaches, and we all know the name of the game here is one coach leaves here, another one goes there. It's about the combination. So Daryl Bevel, Pat Shermer, Jack Del Rio, Scott Linehan, Pep Hamilton, Todd Bowles, Tony Sperano, Eric Mangini, Mike Holbrim, Terry Austin, Rex Ryan, and our man, <laughs> you know you love him, that would be Mike Shanerat. Yes, the Shanerats, well, you, for one rat, you get one rat, you get two. It's two for the price of one. Two rats for the price of one if you would hire Shanahan, who did interview for this job, and Greg Papa said it was an insult to Al Davis, his memory, that this hated, I mean, they hated each other, uh, rival would be invited into the building.
2: You judge for
1: yourself. Thanks
2: for joining us. Football Hour, John Lund, Greg Papa joined every Tuesday from 2 to 3. Rod and Romo jump in. Coaching searches are the big thing, and we'll get into Mike Shannon because I know, uh, obviously, you played for him, Romo, we'll do it in a minute. But the thing we're actually just talking about is it looks like every team in their six openings right now it looks like every team is talking to the same guys. And that I think the quandary they find themselves in is if you're going to go the veteran guy, the thin line between a guy who just needs another chance and the guy who's a retread, and then you got a guy who doesn't have an experience. And when you talk about Adam Gaze, the offensive coordinator in Denver, how much is Peyton? How much is him? When you got Josh McDaniels, is he rehabbed or is it Tom Brady? I mean, it's just really a crapshoot with young guys, even guys who had a chance. Can they do it or they, you know, Scott Linehan, great offensive coordinator in Dallas, had a chance in St. Louis, couldn't get it done. So when you guys look at this crop of of coaches that are out there, before we get to Shanahan, are are there certain guys that you're looking at that you say, well, I think this guy or this guy, and if if there is a guy out there, how come?
3: Well, they're all interviewing the same guys. Right. Everybody is, and who can give what coach can give the best sales pitch of that day to convince that team, you know, that they need to make a move. But you know the one thing that stands out to me it's not like they've targeted hey I want that guy and I'm going to go grab that guy it's like every team is interviewing you know 5 to 10 coaches and I'm like you talk about confusion that will that will get you real confused fast I mean
4: we can say they're doing their due diligence um which they are but normally you don't see this you don't see where they're they're interviewing this many candidates and every team is doing it, so I, you know, that would tell me that most of the teams have no idea which way they want to go with this one yet. And I think you're right. I think who can give me the best pitch? Uh, you got some young guys comparable to some older guys. I mean, really, the only ex head coach that's out there right now is Mike Shanahan, Rex yeah, Ryan's Jack out there. Del Rio, yeah. yeah,
3: Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan, and
4: Rex. Uh, you know, I I think Rex would be a good coach. I think his, you know, the thing for Rex, he's going to have to have a, a really experienced offensive coordinator. I think that's going to be his, you know, he has to make sure he has that on the staff if he doesn't get another uh, head coaching opportunity. But I think, you know, you look at all the teams, I just think they're all trying to figure out, man, which way am I going to go young? Am I going to go old?
3: Am I going to retread this whole thing? You know, where am I going with this? I talked to two people that work for Rex. They say he's very unorganized. So you're right. You got to have a. He would have to hire a great offensive coordinator that's very organized. You know, he can coach defense. Yeah, he can coach defense. You know, yeah. Jack Del Rio has fired, and I've said this before, but he's fired more assistant coaches than any coach in the history of the NFL. In his 10 year reign in Jacksonville? Yeah. Oh, wow. More what than any. What is that? He
0: fired more assistant more, coaches? More. Yeah,
3: he has fired more assistant coaches than any coach in NFL history. Why he in his Why he, when he was a head coach with Jacksonville. when he was a head coach at uh, Jacksonville, and does that mean Sean Payton?
0: Yeah,
5: that's a <laughs> great hey, question. More
3: than anybody, and I think the what I'm, the word I'm hearing on on the inside in Denver, they would love to see him go. Really? Yes. Oh.
2: Jack Del Rio. All right. Yes.
3: Like win enough games, kind of like Jim <laughs> so, right? So, w- <laughs> with, hey, <laughs> with that being said, uh-huh. you know, and, and this is just my thought process of knowing the Raiders, knowing the infrastructure, and knowing what they need. You know, cause Rod, you know, Rod has talked many times on the show that they need a president, they need somebody to look over football operations. Well, guess what? That's what Mike did in Denver. He ran all football operations and he was the head coach and general manager. Did he have good support people in place? Absolutely. So really, to me, if you want the best guy for the job, that will help you win, that can take care of a young quarterback, put in the offense you need to run because he's one of the best minds, offensive minds in the game, then he would need a strong defensive coordinator. There's nobody better for that job than, to me, than Mike Shanahan. Does he bring his son with him? Now,
4: his son's an OC, so his son's not going to be the head coach. You can't have a lateral move, so how do you even make
3: that move if he wanted OC. He did it in Houston when he from Houston he was the offensive coordinator and he went to be the offensive coordinator but they have to let you, in out, of, to let you out of your contract they would have mm-hmm. to let you out
2: okay but the biggest issue and I don't want to speak for you here pop but is the old relationship between what Al had and Mark and, and I know they interviewed him and and apparently it went well with the Raiders but I mean wh- what do you make of the way that Al and Mike ended things before does that matter
0: You're talking to me? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, I I think Bill knows how I feel about this. I've spoken about it for the last day and a half. Yes, it matters greatly. I have no problem with Mike Shanahan as a football coach. I think at at a time, he was the best play designer and play caller in pro football. And when the Raiders played him, I feared him. I, I knew he would isolate the weakness in the Raider defense. He would attack it. He would wait and do it at a pivotal moment of the game. His football acumen, I, I do not deny. I think he made a bad mistake in Washington playing RG3. In whoa, that whoa, playoff whoa. Game yeah, let he me help hurt. you there. Hold on. He, when, in the playoff game when he was hurt, he should have played Kirk Cousins, and it, it set him back the next year, and that's where it all unraveled. I, I, you don't have to sell me on Mike Shanahan. He can coach 31 other teams in the league. He cannot coach the Raiders, in my opinion. As close as I am with Al and was with Al and knowing the animosity that he felt toward Mike Shanahan, the fact that we're having this discussion is beyond disrespectful for, to me. And uh, to me, it just it's not worth it. It's not worth it to have him revitalize the franchise. And, Al, and it's not like this is a different ownership group. It's Al's wife and Al's son that are running it. And to run it in such a regard that would show him no respect... It just would not be worth it. So I, you don't have to sell me about Mike Shanahan. What, I know what, what a great what? coach he is. I don't want him coaching the Raiders, Bill, and I made that so clear a, to you. But
4: that's a, is that a personal thing? Yes, it's a personal thing. that's Well, dig, I know. Sometimes, dig, I, dig, dig, dig sometimes yourself it's personal. Al did Start things digging. that are personal. I know, He's not the only
0: football coach in America. I know, but this she, is highly personal. Yes, I know. But it's she, highly personal. It, there are certain a, people that cross the line, and you can't go back. He thought about John Gruden. He did. I think he was patching things up to John to some respect,
3: oh bull crap he was
0: yes he was bill yes oh. he was yes he was
3: Wait, right, i just this is
0: this. different this, i say this it is if, personal if, it's, it's if, absolutely personal this is
4: what i would this is what i would say to Mark is that you know, I love al davis, I really did he treated me tremendously well at the time I was with the raiders um but mark has to make a decision based on. The future of the franchise. Now, if the future of the franchise is to bring back the best available coach, and if if that coach in his mind is Mike Shanahan, then you bring him back to turn this thing back around. If if you don't want to bring him back because he's not the best coach available, then you don't bring him back. I agree with. But that. But I just don't think you let the. I understand what I know. I understand that Al and Mike Shanahan had something, you know, whatever it was they had against each other, or against or, you know Mike against him, Al against him. It really, I don't know. He
6: hated his guts for 20 years. But that's,
4: I I mean, I got that. I do understand that. But I I said there's, but it has to be, Mark has to make sure that he's making the right decisions for the future of the Oakland Raiders franchise. Now, if, if every, if some people take it personal where Mike is, if he does get hired and they think it's a slap in the face to Al Davis then, you know, Mark's going to have to make amends with that. But if he is the best guy available and he can turn this franchise around and Mark believes that, but he doesn't make the decision to hire him because of the animosity that was between him and his father I think will be unfair to his company. I really do. I mean, I, I do get it. Great point. I really get it.
3: Great but point. Just
4: make sure you're not making something so personal that you can't have the clarity of what's right for the future.
3: Because winning is what is important to the Raider Nation. They haven't had it for 10 plus years. And it has gone downhill. It hasn't gone like gradually. It has gone downhill. It, this is an opportunity here with a young quarterback, a great offensive mind, you have a great linebacker on the other side that you can build the defense around. Some good young corners, potential, good young corners. You have $65 million to spend. Do you trust Reggie McKenzie with that $65 million based on what he spent the money on last year? For me, you just look at what a guy has done in his past, and that scares me. Could he resurrect that and change and make great choices this year? I think he hey, could. Bill,
0: Bill, when you when you left the Broncos, yes, and, and
3: Mike Shanahan let
0: you go, and Al Davis hired you as a Raider. Did you ever talk to Al Davis about Mike Shanahan? I'm sure you did.
3: Never once. Never, he never brought him up. Is never, right? never brought him up. Did
0: you Did you have a feeling about what Al thought about Mike Shanahan? But
3: here's what I did. I did- went to Bill Cow. I kn- I I knew that, but. I'm a spiritual guy, okay. I, I believe. It doesn't matter I believe,
0: what you thought. It doesn't uh, matter what you thought or what Rod thought or what but I. But guess thought. What? The guy, you know what? The guy you you're talking about, guy you're talking
3: it? about is not alive right now, well. okay. And I, hey, God loved him, and I hope he is resting. I guess I hope he's in a great place, and I believe he is. But guess what? This is about Mark Davis and his legacy, okay. And Mark needs to make the best, as Rod said. The best decision for him and the Oakland Raider organization. He's got to get, you know, what what happened 25 years ago, 26 years ago is gone. With that mentality, Greg, with that same mentality, if you keep doing, making decisions based on past uh, people that your dad didn't like, you probably wouldn't hire anybody because he didn't like very many people unless he could control them. So, Based on that, you're going to be losing again next year and the year after and the year after. You're not going to get a stadium built, and the organization is going to go downhill even further.
2: We talked to Carmen Policy earlier, of course, the former CEO of the 49ers, and he actually said he wasn't sure if the 49ers' job was was better than the Raiders' job. And one of the reasons he said it was because the 49ers have been at this certain level, and he's not sure exactly what you said. Jed has this vision of what this team is, a coach away from the Super Bowl. Carmen Policy made it sound as if maybe that's not the case. Let's talk coaching searches, Niners and the such. Carmen Policy, it's always great when he joins us. The former 49ers CEO who's got the best job in the world because now he's uh, making and tasting wine. How are you? Mm. Mm, that's nice. Well, I'm,
7: I'm doing quite well. I just got back last night from Hawaii with uh, two of our grandchildren, and it was a great uh, extended week. So um, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in pretty good shape.
2: <laughs> Your life is not bad, is it? Oh it's I'd say it's pretty good actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you deserve it. You you, you worked hard and you uh, you're celebrating the fruits of your labor now, so we wish you the best. But well, thank uh, have you, you have you been following what's going on uh with pro football today and specifically with the Niners and they're kinda at a crossroads in their organization, Carmen, and where are they going with the next uh, head football coach?
7: Well, you know, Bill Walsh used to say at times, well, I don't read the papers and I don't really know what's going on, none of which was true, of course. <laughs> and uh, I will be straightforward with you. I've read everything I get my hands on. I've tried to watch everything I could watch on TV, and I've even gone online and listened to some interviews. Yes, I've tried to keep you know, up with it because I'm interested. I'm, I'm very interested in what's happening. And I, I find this whole scenario involving the Raiders and the Niners out there at the same time looking for a head coach and which is the more attractive scenario to be very, very fascinating and I'm I'm really quite surprised by it to be honest with you.
2: Having been part of the process here, how difficult is picking the right guy?
7: It's extremely difficult unless you have someone in your crosshairs that's been there that you've had an opportunity to formally or informally vet in the past someone that you just know fits or someone who's on your staff that's been waiting and ready to step up to the elevated position. It is a draining, grueling, and I'll say (laughs) uh, kind of a crapshoot type situation. It really is not fun. It's truly not fun. And you've got to pay attention to it. You cannot let uh, boredom or fatigue get the best of you as you're as you're going through the process, because that's when you'll make a mistake. And um, I, I, it, it was it was really one of the more drudgery type uh, responsibilities that uh, you'll you'll have when you're when you're running an NFL franchise.
0: Carmen, going back to your, your previous answer, you know, the Raiders and the Niners are, are two of the six teams that are looking for a head coach. And so I, your answer was interesting to me. Are you uh, implying in what you said there that the Raider job would be more attractive to a, a head coach today than their Niner job?
7: Well, there's there's elements of the Raider you know, position that really do make it kind of attractive. I think that if I'm coming into a team... What would I rather be facing? The prospect of improving, uh, what would, forgive me, uh, Greg, was the Raiders record 3 and 13.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Uh,
7: yeah, yeah. The yeah. prospect of it. Imp-
0: thanks for bringing that up, Karen, by the way. Thanks, thanks, sir. Oh, so the, the
7: dramatic pause didn't. Uh, yeah.
8: case, yeah. you know?
0: Go ahead, go ahead. What was your point? Who cares? Three, four, whatever. They didn't have a great year. I'm
7: sorry, but, you know, I have so much respect
3: for the They did you. beat the I, Niners, I though. Okay, yeah. I could, I could yes, they, with...
0: the, the Raiders did beat the Niners. Okay, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, but, that, but I shouldn't. Yeah. Have, maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
7: But, uh, you know, there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah. And I think Carr is an attractive uh, young quarterback, and I think that maybe, just maybe, uh, Mark Davis and the Raiders are ready to, you know, cross the Rubicon and enter the the real world and the world uh, of modern football. And, uh, I I mean, when I saw that Mark Davis is interviewing Mike Shanahan, that said to me, uh, he's not a slave to the past. There's no chains and balls around his ankles uh, binding him to some kind of a philosophy that existed uh, heretofore. Uh, he, he's looking for what might be the best opportunity for for his Raiders, and I I think that's a very positive sign.
2: You want to take that one, Greg? This uh,
0: thing? Well, Carmen and Al, had, had a certain relationship that was a bit icy. So, but I mean, to me, it's disrespect to Al. And it's not like the ownership changed, Carmen, and they, they sold it to different people. But it's still Al Davis's wife and Al Davis's son. And, and you know that relationship between Al and Mike Shanahan. So to me, it, it, it is disrespectful to even have the interview. I understand what you're saying, but it's not like Mike Shanahan, Carmen, is the only guy in, in pro football that can coach.
7: No, but I'm not even saying that he should hire him. I'm just saying the fact that he would reach out on his own, and evaluate whether or not he, Mike Shanahan, would be uh, a good coach for for the Raiders. I think that's a positive sign. And keep in mind, Al Davis and I were friends at one time. Yeah. Uh, and What we was were... the falling out? Because I
0: always heard it from his side. I never got it from yours. What was the falling out between the two of you? Well,
7: I'm going to be very frank with you. Uh, as a matter of fact, there were times when, uh, what I mean, Al would call my house at all hours, not odd, not odd hours, but different times of the day, and he and my wife, uh, would, would, would talk on the phone, you know, when he called uh, at length sometimes because they, they had a good relationship as well. What really started our, as you put it, icy relationship was the fact that I was personally involved in hiring Mike Shanahan as our offensive coordinator for the 49ers. And, uh, I mean, I had my hands in it. I talked to Mike and I, I pulled the trigger on that particular hire. And Al was so offended that I would personally be involved in it and that we would hire Mike Shanahan after he had fired Mike and after he had parted ways with Mike and that we did it without even checking with him. That uh, it, it, it's it was like he took our personal relationship and put it in the freezer and never really sought to defrost it. And then after we started moving on, he became so antagonistic to the National Football League, to the league office, to the commissioner, to so many of the things the league was trying to do to move forward that we automatically found ourselves on opposite sides, and I mean really opposite sides, on key issues involving the league going forward. So that it, it never had an opportunity for us to sit down and look at each other and say, we disagree, but let's not be disagreeable. I mean, it, it just went downhill from the shanahan hiring and 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 kept going lower and lower and lower and that 's unfortunate because obviously he 's a, a member of the hall of fame and he's you know he 's a bay area guy and as I said at one time I, I thought at least in my opinion we had a, a a very warm and fun relationship. Do you have time for me to give you a quick story Absolutely. Yeah, of course this um, is
0: great. Uh, i, I didn 't realize it was over Shanahan was the initial fallout
7: uh, yeah, was the please. initial fallout and then yeah. it was exacerbated without question uh in terms of uh his his uh, attacks on the NFL and I was involved in several committees and he was attacking basically some of the critical stuff that we were doing as part of our committee work and I was also very much in league with the commissioner so you know I was on the other side and it seemed like after Shanahan I was on the other side of everything he was doing uh but uh, so he he caught when Reggie White was making the rounds when free agency first developed. I don't know if you gentlemen remember sure. that very well, but, Plan B, yeah, yeah, so he, this is actual free agency now, yeah and later, he's yeah. leaving Philadelphia and uh and he's being uh wined and dined and, the, and art model the Cleveland Browns bought his wife a beautiful full length leather coat, and he's going all over uh being treated regally uh and Then when he, you know, made the final decision, he went to Green Bay because um, he said that uh, God told him to go to Green Bay. Well, Al called the house looking for me, and uh, my wife answered the phone. He always called her by her maiden name. He says, Gail Moretti, that husband of yours home yet. Well, no, Al, he's at the office. You want to call him there? No, just have him call me when he gets in. He says, by the way, Gail Moretti, did you know that Reggie White is going to Green Bay and he's going to Green Bay because God told him to go there? And she said, I heard it on the, on TV. He says, Gail Moretti, do you think God knows where Green Bay is? <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that sounds, like a... Line. <laughs> now
7: that sounds <laughs> like a
2: great <laughs> line. That, uh, was the kind of,
7: you know, that was the kind of humor and the kind of relationship <laughs> we had at one time. It's too bad it didn't last. Yeah. Uh, pick it up on
0: Shanahan, because Mike's back in the news, and obviously <laughs> he can wind up coaching either of these two yeah. teams. When, when Shanahan went to the Broncos, I think that he was upset that you hired him, but I think what it really got him was when Pat Bolin hired him and brought him into the AFC West
7: as head coach. Oh no question. And Mike, I don't know that uh, I don't know that, that uh, Pat Boland ever had uh, any kind of a, if you want to call it, warm relationship with, with L, like I would like to think I had in the earlier days. Uh, you know, they just never seemed to warm up to each other. And I, I think they were always on opposite ends. And, again, Pat was was kind of amongst uh, our group in terms of league matters and where we wanted the league to go. And, and and he would have been in the ranks of the people that Al was fighting. So I, I don't know that there, there was ever really a warm or good relationship there. But he was just really upset with that because now he saw – Shanahan being a key, key reason for the 49ers winning Super Bowl Twenty Nine, then he's going to, to the Broncos with, with Elway sitting there waiting to be coached, and not only is he viewing the prospect of Shanahan becoming a successful head coach at, a, 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 at an NFL team, but also an NFL team in his division. So that was, in my opinion, that was terribly upsetting Dale.
2: That's tremendous! Yeah. You're
0: a great storyteller. Absolutely. We are going to take you up on your offer to come up and visit with you, maybe please. in uh, in August. Yeah, please. Too I'll many great stories we can exchange. You come up.
7: I'll wear a Raiders hat if you Whoa. come. Whoa!
0: Wow!
4: Up. <laughs> really?
7: <laughs> Don't take
4: any pictures. <laughs> I won't need one. That's My great. memory's good
0: yes. enough, Carmen. That's all I need.
4: You know, if you look at the two uh, most intriguing spot for me in the Bay Area right now is the Oakland Raiders, just for the fact they have money and they got some young players. But there's too many question marks over with the
3: 49ers. Like who's going to be there and how much money do we have? There might be one job better than the Raiders, and maybe the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Yep. So they got a yeah. quarterback. Cuz they got a great yeah. quarterback and you know, so that situation is probably the only better job than the Raiders. And when you look at the free agents that are available this year and you got 65 million big ones to go out and buy some good players, you know, you got to buy the right he, ones. He, he we know to, that. He needs to buy for the Raiders, what they
4: need to do is quit getting ten guys. Here. Just get quality. I need you need to get four super studs. Yeah, you need to get some studs. Give me one or two on defense. One or Give two me on offense. One or two on offense. Unless, and then we draft some guys. That's what they need to do. Quit trying to get your whole roster with free agents. You just don't win football games that way. You've done it the last two years. Stop doing it.
2: Yeah. All right, is there a, is there a name that intrigues you? Let's say that, let's throw Shanahan out for a minute. Yep. We've talked a lot about him, uh, Rod. You said maybe Todd Bowles or a Josh McDaniels for a retread or a Scott Linehan's been talked about. Well, we
3: saw what Game Josh Easter. did in Denver, right? Which that didn't work out to me. So to me, I always
2: but, but with Shanahan, like he didn't work with the Raiders and then he got it right. A lot of these guys. I mean, John Fox has been fired. Pete Carroll's been fired. Well, ben that Belichick's was been hey, fired.
3: The Raiders was his first head right, coaching exactly. job. Exactly. A lot of these, guys... and then he went as an OC to the 49ers he learned how a real organization is run he took that mentality to denver and had success this is what i would
4: ask this is what i would
3: ask every
4: general manager or vp of football ops when they look at these guys who've been at different places what were they in the other buildings go speak to those people because those individuals aren't changing too much from what they were and if you go into that Denver Bronco building and you ask about Josh McDaniels, you're not going to hear something of, good. Not a lot of good things about him. So, and not saying that he hasn't changed because I don't know the person individually, but I just think do your due diligence, which most teams are doing right now, and uh, I think you can you'll land a good one.
3: The only good thing I see in interviewing five to ten guys is. If you're really good at asking the right questions, there's little nuggets you can take away from the way Seattle is doing things. Okay? You can ask them about certain free agents that are coming up. Hey, what do you think about so-and-so? Would they be a good fit here if we hired you? And all of a sudden, these coaches will talk because guess what? They want that job. So that is the only good thing you, I think you can get from interviewing 10 people, but you got to be taking really good notes and know exactly what you're going after and what kind of information you want from every guy.
9: It's Adam Schefter, our NFL insider. Adam,
1: who else may the Raiders be interested in bringing in for an interview? We know that they reached out to Pep
5: Hamilton. We know that Eric Mangini, uh, who, who is a very interesting name because he – I think he's learned a lot, and having worked with him at ESPN, the guy's incredibly smart. And, yeah, he had mixed results with the Jets and the Browns, but Eric Mangini should get a head coaching job at some point in the future and and would do a great job, if not Oakland, then somewhere. Pat Shermer, uh, they've brought in there, and uh, Pat Shermer also is another guy who's had a chance and I think would do an excellent job. So you've got those guys. And I still think that the man to beat for the job is Tony Sperano. Uh, you know, I think he's the incumbent. He's the man to beat. And, and unless they find somebody that really is is much more impressive than Tony, uh, better credentials than Tony, stronger presence than Tony, all that. You know, I, 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 I look at this being Tony Sperano's job to lose. But we'll
9: see. We're talking with Albert Breer from the NFL Network. Uh you know, according to reports, Mark Davis apparently made a strong push at Harbaugh. Now that he's in Michigan, Albert, uh, who does Mark Davis covet as his next head coach?
8: Well, I mean, I think that you strike out on the two big ones, right? You know, yeah. John Gruden's off the board, Jim Harbaugh's off the board. Um I I think he you know, and, and and look, LA's hovering in the in the in the background of all this. He wanted to make a hire. Um, that was going to kind of change perception of his franchise. That was going to change perception of his ownership. Um, and that would you know, be the first step towards taking the Raiders out of the wilderness. Now they got to get a little creative. And this is part of the reason why you saw so few coaching changes yesterday. What well, we have five, we have five openings now, right? right? And that's, that's a pretty low number considering that there were, there have been 45 in the six years previous. So 45 coaching changes over six years. Think about that. I mean that's going to deplete the pool, you know right sure. I mean, if you keep digging and keep digging and keep digging and you're looking and looking and looking, you go through so many people, uh, eventually there's not going to be a lot left. when you look at the the candidates out there, part of the reason why we have such a small number of openings is because you don't have a huge number of obvious home run candidates and so You know, I I think this is where all the teams out there now, because Harbaugh's off the board, have to get a little creative, and have to do their homework, and have to project a little bit. You know, you're not projecting as much when you're hiring a Jim Harbaugh. So, you know, do you want to hire a young assistant? Um, It doesn't seem, at least in the early stage of this, that that's what Mark Davis wants to do. He did that with Dennis Allen, and I think that's why you're seeing names like Jack Del Rio and Eric Mangini out there. And look. There's a lot of history that says second chance coaches do great work, you know, and you can go down the list: Bill Belichick, Mike Shanahan, um, guys who yes. won Super Bowls in their second chances. John Gruden won in his second stop. Uh, Tony Dungy won in his second stop. So, you know, there's certainly a lot of evidence that guys do better the second time around. And at least, at least in the early stages of all this, you look at what Mark Davis is doing, and it certainly hints that he wants to bring in a guy who has some sort of head coaching experience there's just been so much turnover that um, I just think that that's really had a huge effect on the pool. And, and I think by the end of all of this, at least one, maybe two um, of these teams are going to take a serious look at going into the college ranks because that's how these teams have started to get creative with Chip Kelly. You see Pete Carroll's success, Jim Harbaugh obviously had the success coming from Stanford. Um, you know, I think that, you know, because of the lack of, because because the pool's been so depleted and because you don't have as many hot young assistants, you know, because a lot of them have already been hired and been through the cycle. Um, you know, I think you're gonna see them teams looking into the college ranks and having to get creative, you know. And that's why I think you look at guys like Eric Mangini and Jack Del Rio and you at least investigate them and say to yourself, Okay, why didn't it work the first time and did he really find a way to fix it? And is he a different guy now? Um, you know, I, I really think now because of The NFL has done this to itself, you know, with all the coaching turnover. I think now the onus is on owners to be more more creative about it.
2: Jim Fossil, former head coach, of course, and a great uh, offensive mind in the NFL is good enough to join us. How are you?
8: Doing good, guys. How are you?
2: How are you, Coach?
8: I'm doing great. Over in Phoenix right now. Got over here today.
0: Not bad. uh, We're just trying to wrap our brains around the concept of uh, the Raiders bringing in Mike Shanahan for an interview to coach – and I know Al's gone. To me, it's still Al Davis' football team. But what, what, what are you hearing about Shanahan of the Raiders, Jim?
8: You know, I don't, I, that's the first I've heard about it right there. And I'm, I'm pretty wired in. I do a number of radio shows and different talks. You know, um, I, I don't know. I, I would be surprised. Uh, I don't think that will come together. That would be my best guess. I don't think that would come together personally.
2: Uh, Jim Fossil is good enough to join us. Uh, in, in regards to Derek Carr, and I'm sure, sure you've seen him play on a number of occasions, um, how enticing is it as a quarterback guy yourself? Would it be for for a coach to work with him?
8: Oh, that'd be great. I, uh, I've watched him play. Uh, I think the guy is a future star. I mean, I, he handles himself well. He's got the physical ability to do it. Uh, and you know, I mean, those are the the starting point with a quarterback. He's dedicated, he's smart, and he's got the physical tools. So, I mean, that's a when you've got a quarterback, you can build a team. If you don't have a quarterback, that gets real difficult.
0: Getting back to Mike Shanahan, coach, since you are wired in, and I think the Raider thing may have caught you off guard, the news just broke uh, this morning. Do you think Mike Shanahan at age 62 will come back and be a head coach? We've heard his name mentioned with, obviously, Chicago and Cutler. I think Buffalo has been aggressively going after him and the 49ers. Do you think Mike Shanahan will coach in the NFL next year?
8: I think he he wants a desire to go back. Uh, If I had to bet on it right now, uh, I would say I don't think so.
0: When you look at the list of names, say say an NFL team wanted to hire you coach to, to help them as a consultant to pick a new head coach. Who are some of the names, whether they're guys that have coached in the league before, like Jack Del Rio or, and Pat Shermer or Tony Sperano, Eric Mangini, or the, the young guys that have not gotten a chance, whether it's Kyle or Pep Hamilton or Daryl Bebel or Bulls or whomever? Who are some of the guys you would recommend?
8: Well, you know, that'll be hard. I mean, some of the names are actually floating around. They had a they had a try at it, and they had a big upside down <laughs> record. I, I I can't see going back to that. Well, they say, "Well, you learn the first time." Well, no, you don't. <laughs> you kind of what your work is.
2: What you talked about is the thing that I think is so difficult. And you've been an assistant and a play caller, and you've been a head coach, so you know it all. But you got a guy like Todd Bowles with the Cardinals, you got the coordinators in Seattle and Bevel and Quinn. How do you know when a guy is just a great coordinator versus a head coach? You did both. What What are the challenges?
8: Well, it's really hard, and, you know, and that's where you know, just because a guy's a good coordinator doesn't make a good head coach, okay? And the one thing, and I'm not going to dish anybody, but you look at a lot of names on the surface. It's coming from New England, Tom Brady. You got Peyton Manning at Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got you got these good quarterbacks. Yeah, the guy they ought to have a dynamite offense, but it hasn't worked out all the time. That has not worked out all the time. I think you know the one guy you mentioned would be a yeah, guy that definitely bring in. That's Todd Bowles because I thought he did an outstanding job of that defense. They were schematically good. You you look at him on the sideline and his demeanor is good. You know he's not ranting and raving and up and down and all that. He looks like he would be pretty steady uh, influence on when times are good and bad. The one thing
0: about Todd Bowles though, coach, that did concern me watching the playoff game in Carolina on Saturday. They they had they had the wrong personnel get on the field. They were getting their, their people on the field late. Do you look at one game like that where he did not have a great game when, when the whole league's watching him in a playoff game like that?
8: I think you dig into to see if you can find out. You probably can't find out what went wrong. But, no, you don't. You know, you know, uh, they have a bad game and it's ugly. Well, wait a minute. Um, no, everybody has a bad game. There's not a coach that said a coach very long at all didn't have a bad season or a bad game or something like that. So, I think you just got to be careful of, you know, is that a special team you're coaching? I mean, you know, if you look at the history with the Patriots, their assistants have not gone on and been a lot of success. Okay? Josh McDaniels, you know, uh, Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell. I know all those guys.
2: That's a great point. But
8: it's hard to evaluate. Is this Bill Belichick and Tom Brady makes everybody look good? You know, and sometimes people get caught up with the name. Well, we'll bring him in. He'll bring that
2: offense. Well, that'd be real good if he brought Tom Brady with him. <laughs> That's good stuff. Touché. Hey, Coach, it's always great catching up with you. Thanks, as always, and Happy New Year. We appreciate it.
10: Oh, thanks, guys. Happy New Year to you.
2: There you go. Thank There's you, Coach. Jim Fossil. Bill Romanowski, welcome to the program.
6: What's happening, guys? I know you are fired up. I want to talk about, educate us, Bill. You know the Raiders. You know Mark Davis. You know the 49ers. You won two Super Bowls with the 49ers. Mike Shanahan, who you played for for years, you won two Super Bowls with him. You start looking at Mike Shanahan and Mike Shanahan talking to the Niners, Mike Shanahan talking to the Raiders. Where do you think he truly is the best fit? Well, for
11: me, you know, of course, because I'm a big Raider fan now. I live, eat, and breathe silver and black. I want the best coach for the job. And for me, Mike Shanahan is clearly the best option for the Oakland Raiders. He brings credibility. He brings respect. He brings winning two Super Bowls. He's been in numerous playoffs. He's done it all, guys. There's nothing this guy can't bring to the Oakland Raiders and bring it to them fast. And and when I say fast, I'm talking, I believe, if Mike Shanahan was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, they would make a run at the playoffs next year.
12: Bill, let me ask you this, okay? The, the argument for Mike Shanahan, obviously the two Super Bowls that you were a part of, uh, his, you know, getting John Elway over the hump, uh, bringing Jake Plummer of all people to the AFC championship game while he was still in Denver, getting RG3 to the playoffs as a rookie. You could also look at his tenure. He's 62 years old now. It, it, it didn't end well in Washington. He's, he's spent a year out of the game now. What makes you think that a guy at this age and who hasn't done that much since parting with elway could get it done with this roster in oakland
11: what do you mean he took he took the washington redskins who hadn't been to the playoffs for 9 years to the playoffs with a team that isn't very that wasn't very talented with a very young quarterback are you kidding me so number 1 mike's a workaholic he loves the game of football I think last year was probably refreshing for him to step out and to get a new look and to study tape and to study what different coaches are doing that he hadn't been able to do for a long time. So that was refreshing, and he's more motivated than ever because you got to look at it this way. This, to me, is a legacy play for Mark Davis. This is a chance for him to put his stamp on a head coach. Reggie picked the last head coach. Mark Davis is going to be very involved, if not the main decision maker, on who the next head coach is going to be. Mike Shanahan needs another Super Bowl to be cemented into the Hall of Fame. So you start putting all these things together, the credibility, the respect, the winning, the what he can do with a young quarterback (laughs) who is in desperate need of a phenomenal offense and a guy that knows how to coach quarterbacks, and he's coached some of the best to ever play the game, as in Steve Young, as in uh, John Elway. You go on and on and on. This guy is the right man for the job. But across the bay, the 49ers would be absolutely crazy not to make him their first choice also.
6: Bill Romanowski bringing it here. Townie and Zachariah at 95.7 the game. Don't forget Nutrition53.com. Bill, I know you know hey, Mike.
11: Let me add one thing. All right. Hey, let me add one thing. How old is Pete
12: Carroll?
11: Sixty-two. Okay, thank you. <laughs> well, he went to a Super Bowl last year, and he's probably going to go to another one this year.
12: Yeah, and Bill Belichick's sixty-three. I understand that, but those are two guys. It's 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 a little bit more of an anomaly than than the standard because those guys haven't left the game. They've been they've been in football for for decades straight. I think it's a little bit
11: different. Hey. Hey, leaving the game for one year is nothing. This guy, hey, so th- th- if he had been gone from the league for five, six, seven years like a Dipper Meal, who was he gone even longer and came back and won a Super Bowl, guess what? I- I'm with you there. If that was the case, but this guy was out for one year.
6: By the, by the way, Pete Carroll now 63 years old. Oh, Belichick, uh, 62. Uh
11: so, so to me, the two best coaches in the league right now who are hired by foot, by teams, the two guys that will probably be in the Super Bowl this year, I say probably, not 100%, and the next, and I'll tell you this, Mike Shanahan is a better football coach than Pete Carroll. He's nutty. I probably would not say he's better than Bill Belichick, but i tell you what. Those three are in a class by, their, by themselves when you compare them to the rest of the league.
6: So you know Shanahan. You still talk to him. If Mark Davis goes to him and offers him the job, would he accept, and what will it take? Uh, you
11: know what is, I think, very intriguing about... Uh, the Raiders is they have somewhere around 65 million dollars to spend in free agency, okay? They have a young football team. They got a quarterback, on offense, and they got a linebacker. I think the 49er thing, uh, you know, a lot of people say oh, they're a coach away, from going back to the Super Bowl. Guys, there's a lot of questions over there. You got salary cap issues. Who are you going to be able to keep on your team? The offensive line was banged up. Can they even become a pass protecting offensive line and keep Kaepernick safe next year? There's so many question marks with that team and can they keep the free agents can they go out and get some help in free agency and how will they draft this year there's so many questions around them well i i believe the two best jobs in the nfl right now are uh, atlanta the atlanta falcons
13: Probably be in
11: number one, and I'd put the Raiders as the number two most
6: attractive job. So if the job is offered to Mike Shanahan, you're saying that he's definitely very interested. What does that do for Reggie McKenzie's future?
11: Uh, hey, you know, Reggie McKenzie, I don't believe is going anywhere. He's under contract. I would think Reggie McKenzie would love to have a Super Bowl coach you know, to work with. This is a guy that is has seen an awful lot over the years. He knows talent, knows how to evaluate. He knows what he wants, okay? This is something that Reggie McKenzie, I would think, is not just going to go out there and start signing players and drafting players until the coach tells him, this is a really good fit for what we want to do.
12: But, Bill, do you think that Mike Shanahan would want Reggie McKenzie? I, I, I've been one of the biggest defenders of Reggie McKenzie going over his drafts and obviously in, in free agency and choosing your coach. The coach and the free agents also have to choose you. But I've been one of the biggest defenders of Reggie McKenzie. Do you think Mike Shanahan would want McKenzie? Because he's been a bit of a power guy. I could see him, if he took the job, wanting McKenzie out.
11: Yeah, I, I don't see it. At the end of the day, this is Mark Davis's team. And these are decisions that Mark, the new head coach, whoever that is, this would be a team decision. I don't think it's just one of those things where, hey, if you hire Mike Shanahan, Reggie McKenzie's gone. Heck no. I, I don't believe that at all. I believe Mark has got a plan, and he thinks things out thoroughly. You know, everyone thinks you know this guy. If you listen to Damon, which I, I I want to take a gun to my head when I listen to him, sometimes you know that who is this Mark Davis guy? Well, guess what? He's a guy that inherited a football team a few years ago and has to, had to learn on the job. It's not an easy job to take over, and. This is a place now where he is in position to really set up this organization over the next three to five years to make a good run at a Super Bowl if they bring in the right talent, the right players, and the right infrastructure. The foundation has got to be strong for this, for the Raiders, to win a Super Bowl. And I think the best man for that job is Mike Shanahan.
14: Peter King, our guest here, Haberman of Middlecoff on ninety five seven. The Game. What's your sense when you talk to people about the Mike Shanahan rumors, whether it be for the Raiders or for the
1: 49ers?
15: I, the funniest thing that I've heard the whole time is Mike Shanahan interviewing with the Oakland Raiders. I mean, what would Al Davis think, Really? I mean, would that be the most incredible thing if he knew his son was interviewing Mike Shanahan?
12: Peter, I asked some I, mean, I asked someone last night I mean, what Al would do and they said Mark wouldn't even be around because the moment Marcus lit the torch this season, Mark would have been disappeared uh, off the
15: face yeah, of the earth.
16: Yeah.
15: Um you know, look, I know Mike Shanahan very well and I believe in him as a head coach because I believe that He's really smart offensively, and I believe he can run the building exceedingly well. And so what we've had here the last couple of times that he's coached the team, particularly in Washington, he got crossways with, with the quarterback, and the owner picked the quarterback. And so that's the way it goes sometimes. But in my opinion, I think I'll just tell you this. If Mike Shanahan gets the Oakland Raiders job either with or without Kyle I mean, I think Derek Carr is going to be well on his way to having an excellent
14: NFL career. Appreciate it, Peter. It's always good to talk to you. Thanks a lot, See guys. See you, Peter. Really appreciate it. Rich Gannon here on 95.7 The Game. And what do you think of Mike Shanahan as maybe the next coach of the Niners?
8: Well, I, I think he's going to wind up somewhere in the Bay Area. I know that a interview with the Raiders on Monday. I think that John Madden was a part of that. And uh, so I also know that his son Kyle. I did their last game of the season against Baltimore. I think I just saw something on Pro Football Talk that he may leave Cleveland over friction with with the Browns. I think there's genu- I think if you're Brian, if you're Kyle Shanahan, I think there's genuine concern about having to work in, with Johnny Manziel, and so that could be a package deal. I think Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan could wind up in San Francisco or even Oakland.
14: That would be interesting because we all know that Al Davis basically hated, hated Mike Shanahan with a white-hot, burning yeah, passion. Yeah, but you know
8: what? It, but I think that, you know, look, I think if you're looking for a way to improve, and, I, you know, I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think Mark has any problems with, um, you know, that was his dad's issue. That wasn't his issue at all. And I think right. Mike Shanahan's a good football coach. Um, You know, I think that things didn't work out in Washington, there's reasons why. But, uh, you know, I think he's had a lot of success. And so I think he's certainly an attractive candidate.
12: It's a pleasure to be joined by Mr. Chris Hansen. He is the AFC West lead writer for Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Hansen NFL. Chris, we've been talking about it all night long. Me and the people of the Bay Area, uh, who exactly do you want? That was the question that I threw out there. I've heard some Jack Del Rios, I've heard some Keep Spiranos, I've heard some Rex Ryans, I've heard some Tressman as the offensive coordinator, I've heard some Hugh Jackson's, I've heard a whole bunch of names, Chris. Um, who do you think is the best fit for the Raiders for
14: 2015?
17: You know, my favorite and has been pretty much from the beginning uh, of this search is. Rex Ryan, and and one of the reasons I really like Rex Ryan is because he's he's kind of like Spirano, but he he's a guy that you know the players are going to know he's a, he's got that name recognition. He can he can bring free agents with him, which the Raiders going to need to to do to turn this thing around. And so he's like a little bit of like of a souped up Spirano. and I like Sperano, but at the same time, you know, you need that that kind of that fire that that spunk that's going to bring in free agents, and and the players are going to be able to rally around. And so he kind of brings you a similar element to Sperano, and and I think that's why he probably is an ideal candidate. Now, he's going to have other options, so I think that's probably one of the challenges that the Raiders are going to have is the fact that he's going to have other options, uh, and he may prefer those options over the Raiders. So that's kind of where the Raiders are at right now, but I think he would be probably the best candidate right now uh, available.
12: Well, I made a little... uh power rankings list, Chris, if you will, and I have I have such a large fan base that that power rankings list is is very, very vital to this entire process, I'm sure. Um, I have Rex Ryan number one. I, I actually have Sperano number two, and I'm starting to entertain the idea of maybe Jack Del Rio at number three. But when looking at Rex, if you and I both agree that he's the best candidate, because I think he's a hell of a coach, I saw a report today that he's going to be interviewing with the Falcons and the Niners. The fact that the Raiders aren't Aren't on that list? Do you think that's more about Rex Ryan and his process, and then being lower on the totem pole, or the Raiders not going after him?
17: You know, I, it could be a little bit of both. Um, you know, one thing that that hasn't been said here is that Rex Ryan does have a lot of ties to the Raiders organization. Uh, he, he worked with Joey Kling Clinkscales, so that was the personnel exec for the Raiders uh, when he was with the Jets. So. The Raiders are familiar with him. Uh, there's a lot of guys on the Raiders uh, staff that have worked with Rex Ryan, so they're familiar with him. I think they're going to know right where he's at, uh, how interested he is, and, and they're not going to they're not going to go barking up the wrong tree if, if that's not what something Rex wants. At the same time, you know, you look at the Falcons job and the 49ers job; those are probably the two jobs that are definitely more attractive than the Raiders job. After those two teams, though. The Raiders become a little bit more attractive. You know, I, I could make a case that the Raiders' job is more attractive than the Bears and the Jets right now. Really? So,
12: Can you make yeah, that argument I, for me? Go ahead.
17: Well, if you look at it, obviously there's the young talent. There's, you're not stuck with a veteran quarterback in and in a big contract like you would be in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually have a quarterback in Oakland, as unlike, opposed to New York. Yeah, um, you have some young talent. You have a lot of cap space that you can that you can go out and, and do something with. And and I think one thing the Raider Nation has to realize, and, and we realized this last year. I think maybe we all made this mistake: was you're, you're not going to buy anything spectacular in free agency. You're going to be lucky to go, you know, maybe. Half those hits, half those guys are going to be hits, but you got to go quantity and, and hopefully, you know, try to get a couple quality, really quality guys. Um, maybe get lucky and, and hit a home run here and there. The Raiders need to do that this year that they, they weren't able to do that last year. And that's part of the reason I think the coach is so important because he's got to be, a, he's got to be able to attract that guy. He was talking about a, and Dominic and if you want to attract that kind of guy to your market, do you think he's going to come play for Esperanto, or do you think he's, he might say, oh, you know, Rex Ryan has made a lot of good defensive players, uh, you know, stars in this league, and he's already a star, but he's made them really good. And, you know, if you look at that and say, okay, that's why you've you, you have to consider coaching all this. Another guy I really like, though, Zachariah, is Todd Bowles uh, of Arizona, and the Raiders are are going to be interested in him. He may also have other options, but, you know, there's not there's only so many jobs to go around here, People are thinking, you know, okay, the Raiders, even if they're not the most desirable job, you know, there's not many jobs open this year. So uh, one of these guys, the quality candidates are going to be available for the Raiders. It's just a matter of uh, whether they choose to go down that path or if they feel more comfortable keeping Sperano. But I really like Todd Bowles. He's a guy that has proven to maximize talent in the past. Doesn't quite have the Rex Ryan name recognition, but he is a hot candidate, so that's going to help help his cause. So I think if you look at that. He's also familiar with McKenzie. All these things uh, are really benefiting uh, uh, the Raiders in the pursuit of those kind of guys that they have some familiarity with those guys. So, um, but another really interesting name, and I'm not a big fan of Del Rio, but uh, another really interesting name that they're going to interview is Eric Mangini. I think um, you know the people in Cleveland, even after two five and eleven seasons. They really like him. I think they, they felt that he didn't get a lot of help there. Uh, he, he he wasn't set up. Do you
14: like that name?
17: Yeah, I do. I do like Man Mangin. I think he's an interesting name because he's not a guy that really comes with much ties to this Raiders front office or or anything. He's just kind of he's kind of an out of left field candidate, and those you have to be a little bit interested in. He's got run things kind of like Belichick. Um, you know, it doesn't have to behave that way, but um, he runs things in that He's still young. Um, you know, obviously hasn't been successful. He wasn't successful in Cleveland. He was a moderately successful in New York. Um, but you, you, have to, you have to maybe think, okay, maybe this is interesting. I mean, look at what you're working with. You, the Raiders are they're looking at coaches with experience. All these guys are experienced, so they're all going to come with some baggage. And if you look about, uh, maybe the guy with the least baggage might be Mangini, just because he, he's he's you know he's had a little bit of success. He's still young, and that, that makes him a little bit interesting.
12: Chris Hansen, AFC West lead writer for Bleacher Report. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Hansen NFL. Chris, I'm 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 with you on Rex in terms of being able to attract free agents more. Um, I, I I'm not, I'm I'm not with you on Mangini. I I I I hear what you're saying, and 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 Todd Bowles is interesting. Obviously, doing a phenomenal job uh, with Arizona. Here's my problem. And, and tell me where you disagree if you do. After Rex Ryan or even Jack Del Rio, those two guys have head coaching experience. But when you're looking at whether it's the Arizona defensive coordinator, the, the Seattle defensive coordinator, I'm a little bit weary, as I think Raider Nation would be, in bringing in a coordinator without head coaching experience. So um, is Dennis Allen just an anomaly? Uh, d- do you still think that that could work or is that something that they should be wary about?
17: Well, I think they are worried about it, and that's why they're they're interviewing a lot of guys with head coaching experience. Now, Todd Bowles does have a short stint as an interim guy, so that'll help his his case just a little bit. Um, but, I'll, but I'll say this, I think leadership, it doesn't matter how much head coaching experience you have if you have good leadership. And I think that's one of the things that, that was missing uh, with the Raiders, with, with Dennis Allen, is the coaches didn't, I mean, sorry, the players didn't trust Dennis Allen, he, he, the leadership was just not there. Tony Serrano came in, and that's why you know he's getting he's getting consideration for the job because he came in and he was straightforward with the players and like you're not getting it done. And uh, but you know here's what we can do, here's how we can win games. And uh, and you know they respected his honesty and they respected his straight straight being straightforward with them and, and not you know having you know playing games behind their back. And I think that's where. Uh, there's a difference. So I don't necessarily think it's an experience here and there. Uh, you know, that, that's a that's a big deal. I think it's just having good leadership capabilities. And, yeah, a guy with experience is going to – he has those. He's a coordinator. You know, he's got experience. Those guys are going to have that, you know, at, by default. But at the same time, I think there's coordinators in this league that have those qualities. I think that's what they are looking for. Because I don't think necessarily that every coordinator makes a great – head coaching candidate and you just have to be careful i mean i think the bears found that out with tressman yeah Uh, you just have to be careful about you know you got to choose leaders more than you do um you know the x's and o's aspect And i think a lot of teams kind of fall in love with with the you know how smart these guys are yeah football and really as a head coach it's more important to be a leader
9: we're talking with the professor john clayton john how much of a push did mark davis make for jim harbaugh
16: Oh, I think he made a big push. because uh, I think that uh yeah, I, I would have no doubt that he offered more than eight million a year to Jim to come there because he had the ability to do that. I mean he was willing to go to ten million for John Gruden. So if you're willing to go to ten for John Gruden, you're not gonna be too shy on coming close to that. I'm not saying they're offering nine, but I'm sure it was over eight.
1: So Gruden's off the list. Harbaugh's off the list. Two names that have now surfaced, Eric Mangini and Pat Shermer. Both were with Cleveland. Mangini, 0-9 and 0-10. Shermer with in 11 and 12. What's with the
14: fascination with former Cleveland coaches?
16: Uh... The fact that they've been head coaches, I mean, I think that's the one thing that uh, Mark's going to probably emphasize. It's not as if he won't hire an assistant coach, but remember, they've had that path for more than a decade, keeping on hiring assistant coaches, and you see where they are right now, right toward the top of the draft. So I think what they would prefer to have, I mean, you know, listen, I'm sure Mark would prefer to have the biggest name possible, but what big, uh, after now Jim Harbaugh going, what's the biggest name possible? Mike Shanahan? Uh, I don't think that's going to go. saw That didn't work out for his father with Mike there and Mike wouldn't go back to the Raiders and so now you start to look at guys like I'm sure that uh, at some point in the next day or two they'll contact Jack Del Rio because he has head coaching experience and I think he's going to be in the mix too. So I think head coaching experience is kind of the way they're starting to look at things right now.
0: So all these coaching searches around pro football I think you do what we all do or at least what I do is I, you, know, you look at offenses you like and you think of that OC do it and you look at defenses you like and you think that can that D.C. do it? As you watch, just film, and then tell me about you know what you know of the guy and can he actually lead the whole football team as the head football coach. Who are, who are a guy or two on each side of the ball that you would bring in to talk to about being a head coach?
8: That's a great question because, you know, sometimes we look at coordinators and the great jobs they do coordinating, and we think that's head coaching. And it's sometimes that's true, and sometimes it is. Now, number one, I think intellectual property is a big thing. I think you've got to be smart. So you got to have a certain uh, intelligence to you and an intellectual property for which you're bringing. I think a term I use is figure it out. you got to have the, the ability to figure complex things out. Um, it's a lot more than running, catching, blocking, tackling. Uh, Being a head coach in the NFL, again, has a a massive level of complexity these days. I think the best head coaches, and I've studied high-performance organizations, high-performance coaches, I mean coaches that have done a great job developing programs, winning multiple championships, they tend to get the most from the least and the best from the best. Uh, That's easy to say, and that's a cool little phrase to use, but that's really hard to do. How do you treat your... If you're in college, you're a five star guy, or if you're in the NFL, you're seven time Pro Bowl, you don't treat him the same that you treat guy 53 on your roster. So you got to have a real depth to your thinking. You got to have a plan. You got to be able to um, coach a lot of different people a lot of different ways. So I say all that because I think wisdom trumps knowledge. Wisdom trumps what's been going on right now. I think Mike Shanahan is a tremendous candidate. Um, the fact that he is energized and wants to put his hat back in this space uh, is a big deal. Um, now, on the flip side of that, I think Adam Gase is also a really good coordinator and a young guy that maybe lacks some of the things I just talked about, but he's a learner. I've got to spend a lot of time with Adam. He's a he's a guy that one day will be one of these great NFL coaches. Um, I think that Adam Gase um, would be a guy that can really get the most out of Derek Carr Uh, He is a young, budding superstar. Adam Gase will be a rock star head coach in this league at some point. Uh, I think Josh McDaniels has been humbled by his first stint. Um, I think Josh McDaniels, another offensive guy, um, could also do a really good job with Derek and and get the most from that offense. Uh, I'm not just anti-defensive guys either. I do like some of these defensive guys, but I don't know who they're packaging themselves with offensive coaches. And that's the thing that always scares me, and I've been victim to this. I've seen too many young quarterbacks be victimized by this. That the defensive guy gets the head job, and I like that part of the hire. The problem is he's hitched his wagon to an offensive guy. That's archaic. That's not a complex thinker. Yeah, that's well, not a developmental guy, and that scares
16: me.
0: Well, with Adam Gase, Trent, uh, what I'd like to see the Raiders do. Uh, is let Derek run it at the line with a little no-huddle, a little check with me. He did that at Fresno State. I think that's the one critique I have of the Raider coaching staff this year. They just were unwilling to give it to him, maybe because he was a rookie. But I saw Matt Ryan run it. Would you, if it was Gase or whomever, would you like to see them use more of a no-huddle and let Derek run it at the line offense next year?
8: Absolutely. If you have a guy that has the ability to process like Derek does, that is, uh, a unique thinker, um, high-intellect guy like Derek is, then you use that to your advantage. Um, if you have a fast-twitch mind, <clears throat> which not every quarterback has, Derek has it, then you take advantage of that. And with the way defenses respond now to tempo, they're always so scared you're going to snap the ball early in the process that they kind of let you read their mail. And if you have the ability to get up there, the the fear on their end of you snapping the ball, well, now you get to read their mail and get the best possible play. I also think it's a great way to neutralize a lack of great offensive personnel. I think the no-huddle and the reason why it's so huge in college and the reason why some of these teams in the NFL uh, use a lot of it is you can really uh, hide some of your personnel deficiencies offensively, and we know the Raiders have some of those.
2: Hey, Trent, as always, we really appreciate your insight into the NFL and into these coaching searches. Great stuff. Uh, Happy New Year to you, and thanks as always, Trent.
8: Happy New Year, guys. Thank you, you Trent.
2: There is a Trent Dilfer. So as of today,
1: the 6th of January, uh, the Todd Bowles interview has been canceled. So to me, that means the Raiders are ready to make a choice. For me, it means that they have decided on the direction of the team for the future, and I'm hoping more than one year. And what that says to, to me is, Tony Sperano can't be the guy. Uh, can you see giving Sperano a three-year deal, really, to be the coach of the Raiders? Uh, I think that's buffoonery for myself. Honestly, I don't think Sperano is the guy. He's a great line coach, but he is a very poor head coach. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that go into that job, and I don't think he's the guy. I don't know. I'm not hiring I think Eric Mangini, I know everybody's going to throw something at the computer or whatever. I think he does have a very good chance of getting this job because the guy is smart. He does have a, a football acumen, and he can bring in assistance. Del Rio's my horse. Uh, Jack Del Rio, I think, had a very good record as a Jaguars coach, and I think that he did a lot with a little and I believe that he is a great leader and a, a good guy. And I think he could bring some, some assistance here as well. So it's about the assistant coaches here, folks. Let's not forget the head coach is kind of the manager of all these other coaches. But your OC and your DC, they're the ones who make the game plans. And they're the ones who really succeed or not succeed with an organization. Now, they've got to have a lot of good players. They've got to have a lot of good... You know, they have to have all the things have to mix together to make the right cake. So we got to get the right mixture of coaches in here because we cannot screw around with Derek Carr. This guy can't go through the egg beater that was San Francisco and Alex Smith. We can't have it. We can't have a new coaching scheme every year, every two years. We need to have a guy that's going to be here for at least three years and shows some success in the first season for crying out loud not a 4 and 12 and then a shitload of excuses why the next season was 4 12 and then oh yeah the next season is 3 and 13 thank you very much none of that crap we can't have it mark davis wants a new stadium he better put on a product that's on the field that wins and has a reputation for winning that's how you get a stadium. Look what they did in San Francisco. Same thing, except for they suckered all their fans in, and then shitcam one of the best coaches in the league. After they hit you up for a PSL of six seven thousand dollars and seat prices of one fifty a game, then you're on the hook, and they ripped your head coach out of your ass, and now you don't have a coach, but you're sure paying. Boy, I got to tell you, I got to love the Raiders because they sure didn't do that shit. And talk about dysfunction, there's nobody pointing a finger in San Francisco, however. The dysfunction is huge, and Jed, I'm a punk-ass biatch York, got to eat it all. Little rich boy has a team, and boy, what a mistake they made across the Bay, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Raider Nation, we are going to have a coach sooner than we think. Trust me, I think it's already been decided. I'm excited about it. Whoever it is, we can move from here to the draft. We have a lot of positives going forward. Let's just hope that the staff, whoever it is, is not the same one that took our team to a 3-13 and season last year. Excuses and all. I don't want to see it. And that is all I have to say about that.
18: Worked out fine. You're an tonight. So
1: now we have an asshole of the month, and here's why. <laughs> Damon Bruce, a hater renowned. This so-called sports reporter had to quote an article that said the Oakland Raider fan is the least interested fan of all sports, something to that degree. Uh, There was some poll by some poll master, and you know what I mean by that. Yes, they said the Raider fan is not watching the games on
14: television. Forget what you've heard before. NFL Stadium, it's a go. L.A., you're going to get a team back. We've been hearing this for a decade. Mm -hmm. We've been hearing this since the Raiders left L.A., that they're on the verge of getting a brand-new stadium. A team is coming. But Stan Kroenke really looks like he does have a business deal that is going to set the business of building a stadium in L.A. in motion. Kroenke is the owner of the St. Louis, used to be Los Angeles, who knows, might be again Rams. (laughs) So if I'm in the business of owning an NFL team that has tepid local interest and nothing but big Los Angeles dollars on the horizon, I'm probably looking to do business in L.A., And if you'd like to talk about tepid interest, that would be the most amount of interest given to the Raiders in a long time. The numbers are out. There is no fan base that paid less attention to its franchise than Raider fans this year. Really? The least rated football team in the NFL, the Oakland Raiders. Congratulations, Raider Nation it's really not so much of a nation as much as it is like a small city state. Like, Italy's a nation, and sure, Vatican City's also a nation, but
13: come on. It's, I see your point.
14: Raider Nation is more like Raider Island? Raiderville? Raidersburg. <laughs> Something. I Look, now, it was a bad year. There's not a lot of teams that go 3-13 and 13 with massive interest. But still... Jacksonville Jaguar fans watch more Jaguar football than Raider fans watch Raider football this year. And that's not my opinion. This isn't me hating on anything. I'm just sharing information that is based on fact.
1: Well, they they took a poll. And you know what I I mean about polls. They They could suck my poll on this one because, because I tell you, the Raiders aren't played in a national audience you don't get the games in Iowa. You're not. People are screaming for the games all across the country. There's plenty of fans that will watch. They're just not on. So they ask you a question like, do you watch Raider games? Well, no, I don't because I can't get them. Well, they don't care why. They just know that you're not. So that goes into a you-don't-watch-the-games fan situation. It's bull crap. And yet again, uh, <laughs> they couldn't wait for the dust to settle on the season to start these bullshit articles every freaking season some kind of statistic that is against the raiders comes out and it's horse crap and it you know it's like it's like picking at a sleeping giant eventually when we start to win all this crap's going to go away but damon bruce for your <laughs> your continual hatred of the oakland raiders and their fans Because you bash every one of us. You are the asshole of the month. And there's more where that comes from. But Damon Bruce, you're a punk. And that is all I have to say about Damon Bruce.
18: Thought you were an asshole. She said, Yes, I think you're right. And all
1: So the Rams are moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, brother. Well, Amy Trask is going to let us know how it goes down.
18: The Princess of Darkness. Yeah.
1: Not shy at all about her love for the Raider Nation and the Raiders. Amy Trask often comes on talk shows and she's an NFL analyst telling her opinion and trust me, I I hold it very high because I hold her in high esteem. She was the best friend to the Raider fan. There's no doubt. I have countless stories of her taking great pride and taking care of us. So the latest news about the St. Louis Rams moving back to Los Angeles, something we've heard of, rumblings, for several years. Uh, their stadium is shit. That's funny because it's new compared to ours <laughs> by decades. Uh, isn't good enough for them, and, and actually, it's more of a revenue problem? They can't get people to come to the games? Huh? Well, that's not our problem. But it is theirs, and their They've bought property, and they're going to move to L.A. and build a stadium this year. I'm sure breaking ground will happen any day. Uh,
2: Sam Farmer out of the L.A. Times today reports that the uh, owner of the Rams and the Nuggets, by the way, uh, and is, the going, avalanche, yeah, right? is going to build a stadium in L.A. He had 60 acres. Yeah. He's also going to uh, team up with people who have about 238 more uh, acres, and uh, they're going to build a stadium in L.A., so it looks like the... Rams would go there. It may be some time, they were saying in the Sam Farmer piece, in the only Times until a second tenant is found, but obviously people are always talking about the Chargers and the Raiders uh, as that team. So it does look like there might be something in place where there would actually be a stadium in L.A.
0: I think there's no question that Stan Kroenke is going to move the St. Louis Rams. When he bought them, it was not to keep them in St. Louis. He was going to move them to L.A. Uh, I think they're definitely going to be gone. Uh, the question is how long will it take? And if there is a second team, the obvious one would be it would be from the AFC. So the Chargers are not going to be happy that two teams go, you know, what is it, 90 miles away to the north, right in their marketplace. So they're going to balk at that. So they need a stadium. It's going to be either the Raiders or... The Chargers that wind up in L.A., unless unless Jacksonville gets involved in it.
2: And, I, can, and the, yeah, I was thinking that myself, is that Jacksonville could be that team, too, because they have major attendance problems. They have a very aggressive owner. I could see Jacksonville getting in that mix.
0: Salvador Dali
2: could move them yeah. either to London
0: or to L.A. Boy, and I could see him doing it. Worlds apart, yeah. yes. I, I think they may be in play, but we'll see how it all plays out. But I, I think the Rams are going back to L.A. Yeah, without and, question. And I, this, think, I think the whole league no that. Yeah,
2: and then this finally looks legitimate.
1: But Amy goes over, right now you'll hear the reasons and how how it takes, what it takes for a team to leave one city to go to another.
9: Very excited about our next guest, the former CEO of the Oakland Raiders. She is now part of CBS Sports with that other pregame show, and we need to talk. And I think she carries quite possibly the coolest nickname of all time, the Princess of Darkness. Amy Trask joins us now. Amy, good morning. Thanks for coming on the show, Uh Stan Kroenke, as we know, has entered into a partnership with a group in L.A. to develop a new sports complex. My question for you, which scenario do you think is more likely, a team relocating to L.A., or what about the Chargers rebranding and becoming maybe the Southern California Chargers?
13: Wow, a quiz right off the bat. but It's (laughs) it's multiple choice, and I like multiple choice. Good Um, good morning, men. Thanks for having me on. Hello. Hey, sweetheart. How are you?
14: I'm good, love. Thanks. Appreciate your time.
13: I I enjoy talking with you always. Um, You know, you just hit upon something that I have um, expressed for quite a while. it's, it's, It's an idea that makes a lot of sense. We don't refer to the Boston Patriots. We refer to the New England Patriots, and that team... I don't like referring to them at all ever since the tuck rule game, but that team um, represents the entire region of New England. It's not thought of a municipality. It's not associated with a municipality like Boston. It's associated with all of New England, and what you just suggested is a very creative solution to the issue in Los Angeles, which is to sort of rebrand the San Diego Chargers, if you will, and allow that team to represent all of Southern California. The distance between San Diego and Los Angeles is not so great that you couldn't have one team move, perhaps not to the heart of downtown, but somewhere in the Southern California region, and be branded as a regional team.
9: So, Amy, what I'm trying to figure out is for a town that never did well with two teams, why do we all of a sudden think that two teams can su- can succeed in L.A.?
13: You know, it's as if you and I are cut of the same cloth, because two of the comments I have made repeatedly, including yesterday, on a radio station in St. Louis are, one, the San Diego issue we just discussed, and two, my view that this is not necessarily a good idea to put two teams into this market, at least initially. Why not build a magnificent, magnificent stadium, state-of-the-art, all the bells and whistles. That is something that Los Angeles has never had. And then put one team in. And at a minimum, allow that team to grow its roots, take hold, and and capture the market, if you will, before you even consider a second team. Sure, build the stadium to accommodate two teams. That way that empty extra team locker room sits there and other teams can look to move if and to the extent they wish to do so. But I'm not convinced putting two teams into this market is a good idea.
1: So if you were to handicap the race right now between the Rams, the Chargers, and the Raiders to see who ends up in L.A. first, who would you have ranked first? And if it's not the Raiders, does that mean they're safe for the Bay Area?
13: Well, you know, I don't, I don't engage in handicapping, never really have, um, never really understood how or why to do that. Um, look, Stan Kroenke has tremendous, tremendous resources Uh, The Chargers are most proximate to Los Angeles, but let me tell you the way it works. The team that relocates to Los Angeles, or teams, if the league continues with its plan to put two into the market, need approval from the league office and from the ownership, and that's a very, very arduous process. A team will have to present a plan to the league office staff, and it's going to have to be a very, very detailed very comprehensive plan, including all sorts of financial data, and that's an understatement. And that league office staff, um, led by men like Jay Bauman and Joe Seclaire, who are phenomenal at their jobs, are going to scrub and scrub and scrub and scrub that relocation plan. It's then going to be submitted to uh, the Stadium Committee and the Finance Committee, and the Finance Committee is the most powerful committee in the league. And only once those committees are done evaluating it will it go to the membership as a whole, and a team will need a vote of 24 owners to relocate. So it's not a simple or a quick or an easy process.
9: Hey, Amy, uh, building on that, when you talk about the 24 votes, so that's basically, what, three-fourths of the uh, owners Correct. That, that have to agree. So what fascinates me is is that with the owners, they're all boys, and then you have three teams that want to relocate to L.A. How does that voting process play out when all these guys are buddies? How do, who gets the favor in that situation?
13: Well, the, the um, somewhat lighthearted but actually very, very accurate answer is do a little flashback to eighth grade. And think about the popularity contests that went on when you were in junior high. He has and, no idea. You know, I, I, I say that somewhat teasingly, and, and perhaps that's not a particularly um, nice way to describe it, but the gravitas of an owner with his fellow owners counts. and And people, owners, various owners have different coalitions of other owners, different friendships, different supports. I will tell you this, in almost 30 years in the National Football League, I can't recall ever seeing a vote that went to the membership that was fully endorsed by the committee presenting it to the membership that didn't get concurrence from the membership. So if the finance committee were to recommend unanimously that Team X relocate, chances are Team X is going to get that three-quarter vote.
9: We're talking with Amy Trasty. uh former Raiders CEO. I just wanted your thoughts on Mark Davis talking with Mike Shanahan. Was that a surprise to you?
13: You know, nothing in life is ever a surprise anymore, and I don't mean that to sound pejorative or otherwise. If you had asked me on the day I resigned my position whether there was any chance whatsoever, I would ever, 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 ever go on television I would have told you absolutely, positively, no, no chance, not happening. But you're never good going at
9: it. Happen. You're so good at and
13: it. here I am on television. So I think I've learned um, as I've grown to never be surprised by anything.
1: <laughs> yes, our very own Princess of Darkness. The Princess of Darkness. I love this gal, Amy Trask tragedy that she ever left the Oakland Raiders, the best friend of the Raider Nation. She is always going to be Raider fan, and she will tell you to your face.
9: Hey, Amy, you're getting a lot of love on the text line right now. They want you to return as the uh, Princess of Darkness, and you did say, hey, that nothing would ever surprise you, so uh, you should come back. <laughs> well,
13: Lo, let me tell you something. Um, there, when people ask me um, what meant the most to me as a Raider... I answer in two ways. Number one, being a Raider is special. Um, my favorite T-shirt, and I wish I still had it, but I wore it to death. My favorite T-shirt ever said on the front, there are 31 teams, and then on the back it said, and then there's the Raiders. Wow. Being a Raider <laughs> is different. Being a Raider is special, being associated with the Raider organization is being associated with an organization that was at the forefront, the owner of which was at the forefront of the civil rights moment in refusing to play games in segregated cities. It means being with an organization, um, the owner of which hired without regard to race and gender and ethnicity at a time when it wasn't popular to do so. And as I said on the pregame show last Sunday and took a bit of flack for this from people with other organizations, Al didn't need a rule. To do the right thing and and i'm very passionate Mm. about what Mm. it means to be a raider and my the other thing that is the most special to me about the raiders are the fans i for the almost 30 years with that team defended those fans with every breath in my body and i continue to do so um now that i'm on television and i will always do so raider fans are special, and they're different, and I want nothing more than for those fans to enjoy success. And, and I want whoever the next head coach may be, whether the team decides to stay with Sperano or hire someone new, I want them to hire a coach that understands that being a Raider is a privilege.
14: Wow. Amy, great stuff as always. You are an amazing woman, an amazing individual and a beacon of light, and we appreciate your time.
13: You are too kind, and I always enjoy talking with you, no matter what.
1: Now, we've been through this, as Raider fans, we've been through the moving and the coming back, and I think it's crap. It's shock, it's dismay, it's dishonest, and it's certainly of low character when you rip a franchise from a community, no doubt about it. But, Now, since the Rams are going back, they're saying they need a two-team venue because it's too expensive, yada, yada, yada. But I'll say this, that this does open a window for the Raiders to move back to Los Angeles if it is agreed upon. Now, we all heard stories about the Raiders and the Niners showing a stadium up here. And, well, the Niners were just too cocky. Uh, to make it happen, they're trying to make Mark do all the dancing. And trust me, the Yorks are are no parade. And it was a good move by Mark Davis because we would have been saddled with that monstrosity for years to come. Now the Ra- the L.A. Rams situation could be one where the Raiders do go. I can see the Raiders sharing a stadium with the Rams. They did it before. Uh, they have a relationship, and it's a possibility. So here we go again. The story of the Raiders moving uh, <laughs> it continues. And, well, where there's smoke, there's fire. I have no doubt that it's a possibility. But this does open a window, which is realistic, in a relocation of the Raiders. I'm not happy about it, but it is what it is. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, 1-800-620-7181, 1-800-620-7181. The lines are now open, folks. Get on in there and make that call. Like I said before, we had some difficulties that we have handled, and we're moving on with our phone line, our bone line, our fan connection, as you will. Check out www.radernationpodcast.com. Get all your news. Randy's all over it. Everything you need to know in the offseason is a quick click away, partner. So get on it. Let's just find out now who is boning up on the bone line. Who we got? From Staten Island, New York, we got Raider John in the house. What's up in hostile territory, my brother?
19: Yeah, how you doing, Raider Greg? Love the podcast. Love everything that you do. This is Raider Brown calling straight out of Staten Island, New York, here in Giants-Jets country, but I still wear my civil and black every chance I get to let them know that I'm a Raider fan. Just today calling, you know, a couple of things on my mind. I've been listening to the podcast. A lot of people calling for Veggie's job, you know, our DM's job. And, you know, I think we should give him one more year just to see what happens. You know, Derek Carr, Mack, you know, he has a couple of picks that actually are turning out to be something that we can be proud of. So, And we all know Mark is not going to fire him leaving that extra year and that money out there because he doesn't have any money, and also he sucks ass. Not a real big Mark Davis fan, you know, but I'm a Raider fan. And what we do as Raider fans is we go through the thick and the thin, you know. That Super Bowl a few years back that, you know, we got demolished, But I never gave up hope. You know, every year I keep the faith. I keep the hope going. You know, I love my Raiders. When I look at them, I think back to the Bo Jackson days. You know, I think back to the, you know, all the the, the glory days that I had, you know, in my teenage years. But I'm 35 now, so it hasn't been many, you know, since my teenage years, many glory days that we have to talk about. But love the Raiders. Raiders stand for life. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Everyone should definitely send in some donations to keep the podcast going. I know it's a lot of stressful for you guys to do this for us every week or every other week whenever you get the chance to. So I appreciate you guys. Much respect, much much love. Ray Brown calling out of Staten Staten Island, New York, and I'm out. So the team.
1: Well, I have to admit, uh, we gotta have Reggie for another year, and I gotta admit that he did do a couple of good things. So hey, you know what? We could be in worse shape. We could be looking for a general manager and a coach. I think that's too much for this team. Uh, we got to keep with the coach search. And uh, I agree with you. Reggie's going to be here, and we got to stay behind him too. Mark, selling the team is very realistic. Moving the team is very realistic. we got a lot of un- unsure situations in Oakland. Uh, that's why we're having trouble with a coach, I think. But who's to say? Uh, today's another day. We're closer to another coach. Let's just hope we get a champion. That's all we can do, bro. We've all been suffering through the worst. <laughs> the best that got to be right around the corner. I appreciate the props very much, my friend. And from Buffalo, New York, they're coming from the east, we have the conflicted Raider. What's up, brother? <laughs>
20: What up, Raider Nation? This is Raider Kevin, a.k.a. the Conflicted Raider today, calling from Buffalo, New York. Yeah, just before kickoff, getting ready to get this game in, and I've been loving to talk the whole week leading up to the game because everybody here has pretty much looked past Oakland. They're already on to New England. Um, And they've already got this W checked in their column. That's good. I'm glad they're thinking that way, but hopefully at the end of the day, they will know and understand that this Raider team, especially in the hole, isn't a team to sleep on. So I'm looking for a good game today. I'm happy Buffalo's doing good this year, um, given all the adversity they've gone through with Ralph Wilson dying and being buried in the snow. It's about time they have a good season. But at the end of the day, I'm um, Raiders, true and true, Raiders got to get this win, period, end of story. So, go Raiders, let's get it done. I'm out.
1: And that was before the Bills game, and that was a fantastic finish for the home crowd. And, yes, (laughs) the Raiders kicked their (sighs) ass. Nice day in Buffalo for you, bro. And this is Raider Kevin after the win. It's funny, Buffalo is looking past the Raiders uh, you know what? They had a right to, I guess. <laughs> Check this guy out. Straighter, Kevin, reporting in
20: again from Buffalo, New York, where after the touchdown by Alawale, or you know who I'm talking about, uh, has put the Raiders up in the fourth quarter, the win in Buffalo is. Starting to turn snarky. And you know what? <laughs> ah, I love it. You shouldn't look past the Raiders, Bill. I'm sorry. It is what it is. But mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> Go Raiders.
1: That was a great damn Buffalo for any Raider fan. Uh, you know what it's got to feel like <laughs> when you're there and we lose. Thanks for the call, bro. Our next caller, Raider Sid, a.k.a. the Desert Raider.
21: What up, Raider Nation? It's Raider Sid, the
15: Desert Raider.
21: Good win,
10: Raiders. We to go out and punch them in the fucking face after they were kicking our ass in the first quarter. You know what? All these guys were pissed off because we fucking lost some uh, draft spots. Fuck you. Shut the fuck up. We play to win the fucking game. All right? Just win, baby. That sounds familiar to you. All right. Good job, Raiders. Now, Let's finish this fucker off. Let's go to fucking Denver. I know it's fucking impossible for us to win two games in a fucking row, but uh, let's see if we can do it. Don't fucking stink the place up. Go out there and hit fucking Manny. Hit that fucker and hit him hard. All right? Okay. Everybody have a good Christmas. I know there's no show, so I don't even know why I'm saying this, but come on,
20: speak the crap out of Denver. All right, later. This is the Desert Raider out.
1: Yeah, well, the Bills game was nice, and the Denver game was not. As you well know, this is another reason why I think Tony should go. Thanks for the call, bro. And next we have a jubilant Duke City Raider, what is happening, man? A little happiness in the house.
21: What up, Raider Nation? This is the Duke City Raider. Just saw the victory over the Buffalo girls. Ha-ha! <laughs> hell yeah, that was a hell of a game. What's that? Yeah! That was bad, dude. Man, I mean, it's so cool to see the Raiders win at home. When they go at home and play, that's good. Ah man. It just seems like next year is going to be good, man. I start a whole fucking so. I'm tired of all the naysayers, all the bullshit that everybody talks, all the people saying how shitty the fan base is, how shitty the team is. You know what? Fuck all of them. Fuck every single one. I live in a fucked up area where it's between, you know what, the Raiders, the donkeys, and the cowgirls, and guess what, the cowgirls are for, oh, well, let's just say the cowboys are for cowgirls, if you know what I mean, and the donkeys are just a bunch of fucking dickheads, Anyway, they all think they're all, they don't think, you know, they, they just, they're just stupid, man, I'm always hearing it from them, anyway, I just want to say, man, that I'm so proud of the Oakland Nation, the Raider Nation, Anything to stay in, in Oakland, don't go anywhere else. Stay right there. Even if it's a little closer to home to me, I don't care. I'd rather take the extra flight or the extra drive to go out there. Raider Nation, Duke City Raider out. So I'm going to finish my Corona now.
1: <laughs> there you go. Duke City Raider pumped up after the win, as he should be. And, yeah, we've taken abuse for a long time from all those fan bases Especially if you live there. If you're in hostile territory, it's jacked. You've got to take abuse from everywhere. Well, you really don't, just like he said. <laughs> you just don't. Raider Nation doesn't take abuse. That's another thing I love about the Raider Nation. We don't put up with it, bro. I love it. Thanks for the call, man. And Raider Kevin calling back again after the game.
20: This is Raider Kevin from Buffalo, New York, checking in for one last time on this now Raiders win over the Bills. got to laugh. It was funny. This was a classic superior team thinking that they were that much better than the inferior team, and they came in here, and they laid a shit brick, and they got took. So it is what it is. Good job, Raiders. Good win. My friends are gonna hate me all this week, but you know what? I don't care. It's a good win. Everybody calls us the worst team in football. We can't be the worst team in football because the Bills beat the Ra- or, uh, the, the 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 Bills beat the Jets twice. And nah, disregard. Don't even worry about that. I forgot what I was gonna say. But nonetheless, we're not the worst team in the NFL. So it is what it is. Buffalo, you slept on us, and as a result. You got snuffed.
1: So we'll see you. I'm out. Uh, they got to be feeling bad in Buffalo because those Buffalo Bills got to take that long flight home, and all they're going to think about is, well, they're going to have silver and black nightmares, bro. Nice win. You can hold on to that till next year. And our next caller, Raider Rondez from Las Vegas, Nevada. You know what happens in Vegas. Yeah, it goes, it stays in Vegas, or if it gets out, it's bad. What's happening, brother?
22: Hey, what's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, and the rest of Raider Nation? This is Raider Ron calling from Las Vegas, Nevada. And I just wanted to let you all know, it's my birthday today. Happy birthday to me. Raider Nation got the W. They were out in full force. I wish I could have been there, but I was at Buffalo Wild Wings with my boys all in our Raider gear, you know, Raider behavior, being loud, having fun, talking shit. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it, Raider Greg. I mean, oh, you got to love Derek Carr. He is hes going to be really, really good. And I, I'm just excited for next season, honestly. I mean, if we get the right coaches and the right pieces to surround him, the sky's the limit. With this team, with him at the helm under center. Our defense with Khalil Mack, oh, he, he's just, he's a man child. He was beating that tackle's ass. Pressures, hurries, he's in Kyle Warren's face all day. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. He better make the damn Pro Bowl, and if he doesn't, that'd be a damn shame. Because this man, I I think he's, what, 37, 38? He's playing his ass off. And I think it was very fitting the game ended in his hands. I love the Raider Greg. Oh, great way to have a birthday. Great way. I want to say thank you, and I love you all. Go Raiders. Raider Nation, baby. we going to fuck up the Broncos next week.
1: Well, happy belated birthday, brother. And we did not jack up the Broncos. They jacked us up. But listen, a win is a win. It must have been crazy at Wild Wings. Someday, we're going to start kicking some ass. And trust me, when when we win at home, you know what it's like, bro. It's off the freaking chain. So saying that, it's best to get some seats for next year. You better fill up the house. Might be the last year we play at that Coliseum. Come on, Raider Nation. Get your ass up in a seat there at least to see one game. We're going places like like you say, bro. I feel the same way. Thanks for the call, man. From beautiful Miami, and trust me, it's a great city. We got the Flow Raider in the house. What's going on, man?
23: Raider Greg, Raider Randy. What's going on, gentlemen? This is uh, Flo Raider, a call from uh, beautiful Miami. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful day here today. The um, reason, reason people live here in today. The reason we sweat through all that summer month. You get take a shower at the beginning of May, Raider Greg, and uh, you get dry at the end of September. But uh, right now, it's really nice. So, um, give me a call here, just really pumped about the Raiders' win over the Bills. That was really cool and uh nice to see Spronel again keeping you guys motivated here for the end to uh to do some things and hopefully we can end the season with a nice win against the uh, Broncos. It'll be a road win, right? Finally, uh, you know, something to to uh add to our our small list of accomplishments there, but a road win will be great, especially against the, the Bronco Hoes. Um but uh you know, we'll see what happens there. Really, I just wanted to comment on a couple of things I've heard, uh, heard you guys talking about uh, um, recently about, you know, the future of the Raiders and things. And, and i got to agree with you, Raider Greg, on, on your take about defense. You know, I've always, I've always been a defensive uh, sort of guy. I love defense football. Uh, defense wins championships, yeah, you know, as, as far as, you know, kind of I like think history tells that tale. Um, you know, Raiders versus Bucks back in 2002, you know, defense, you know, prevailed over the high-powered offense. Um, you know I think uh I think the championships are uh, how would be do if he focusing on the defense um you know a couple of something else you mentioned or could, i think we radar Mike you might have mentioned it was about uh, picking up uh, a couple of guys that uh you know I've, i think we don't need um Ray rice um I heard there was some talk about picking him up and him you know that guy's that had a fucking loser man you know beating his girlfriend, knocking his wife out whatever it is you know just, we don't need that dude on our team. He doesn't need to be, you know, rewarded with contracts you know, uh contracts, uh to play here and, and it's to you know, had to add to our uh the perception that the Raiders are you know, a bunch of thugs and you know, we don't need that. You know, we need character guys. Um so I, I, I disagree with you there. I know it's tempting that he's you know he, he can run and uh, I'm sure he's got got some football left in him, but not here, man. Let him go, let him go to the Patriots with you know with uh over that jackass is that killed Go over the fuck, you know, no go play over there or some other asshole team. Um the same thing with incognito, not, not as not as heavy as a defense, I don't think. I think, you know, he was, you know, bullying the kid. I mean, that's, you know, not such a not as big of a deal, but, you know, again, just just let's we don't need the drama, you know, let's uh i sure we can pick up some other great talent. Um besides then. Maybe with Incognito, the price is right if we got that are that it's a steal, you know, maybe but um you know, I think Rice would I would say no and then commito, you don't that drama. So let's just go through the draft, you know, pick up some quality free agents. You know, I am not hating on Reggie, like you guys, uh you know, a lot of people are. Um, you know, I think he's done teaching. I mean he's, you know, he's obviously he's he's sad his fuck ups but, you know, it look at this draft class, I think it was was great. Um and uh, you know, some of the guys are are coming around. you know, we'll let's, let's see what happens. I think I don't think he's I don't think he's burned a firing, you know. If there's some great replacement that we have out there that just uh maybe I didn't you know, I don't know I didn't I don't know about there's some better alternative out there that we just can't pass up on then, uh you know, maybe we do that. Maybe if we brought in Holmgren as a head of football operations or Romanowski you I'm ask you that I want to say I think that you would that could be a good, a good thing to kinda of help. Reggie, uh, keep Reggie accountable. You know, um, so maybe something like about this organization we could do to add and to help uh, help team go better, not put so much on Reggie. But you know, I don't hate on him. I don't think he's I he's done uh, done such a bad such a bad job. You know. so it hasn't been perfect, of course, but he's uh, he hasn't done all that. So
8: that's my to take, guys.
23: Um, I wish you
8: guys happy holidays, man. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday for
23: Christmas. So uh, Merry Christmas,
8: everybody! Happy uh,
23: Chanukah. For uh, so those who celebrate that, and uh, guys have, you know, um, all the best, you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for doing this podcast. You guys are amazing. I'm out. Bye.
1: First of all, thanks for the call, brother. And I, I all I can say about Reggie is uh, the record on the field: the four twelve, four twelve, and three and thirteen. Three seasons of him. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of positive in him too, but that's three years of sub subpar. I mean, we didn't have hardly any wins at all. That's a bad record for any general manager. So we're going to keep him. We'll see what happens. Uh, Let's hope we get a really good coach. Holgren's not coming. We might get another president or another assistant. Uh, That wouldn't be a bad idea. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, we got positive. We always look forward to next season. We got a lot of things to build on. Let's get a good coach. That's where I'm talking. Good coach. The Reggie conversation's over. Coaching, that's what we need. Thanks for the call and the props, brother. And our next caller is my good brother, Houston Raider. Steve, very excited fan. We got three wins, bro. What's up?
10: Hey, Raider Nation, this is Houston Raider Steve. Man, what a great 24 hours. Man, I tell you what, up there in San Francisco, you can't call Frisco, you got to call it the city. I was watching that game briefly, I saw the... They were up there. The uh, 29 is 21 to nothing, or 28 to seven, or whatever. I said, you know what? After working at my job all day, man, I said, you know what? This game's over. I'm not even gonna watch it. It's not even a game. 21 points. They can get it in the bag. They can coast it. What? This is a show today. And I'm going. What the fuck? Chargers won. The, the, the team that usually slumps near the end of the season and disappears. And then we go out, and the Raiders, I know you guys are loud and proud, as we like to say, Greg and everybody, You go out and take care of business. Beat the Buffalo Bills, knock them out of the F M playoffs. That's right, the fucking playoffs, they're gone. God gave a that on the radio tonight on Yahoo Sports and ESPN. He said, you know what? The Raiders aren't so bad after all. They beat the uh, 49ers, what, two weeks ago? Knocked them out of the playoffs. Today, they knocked the Buffalo Bills out of the playoffs. The spoilers. Man, I just wish we could knock the Broncos on their ass and knock them out of the playoffs. But that's not going to happen. But, hey, 203 ain't bad, as the song goes. Man, all three wins at home. Man, I tell you what. 26-24, they showed the last quarter of the game over here in Houston. Over at Molly's, my friends were going, Raiders! And you know what? I didn't mean to hurt your eardrums on that one. But anyway, they showed the last quarter because that Cowboys game was a wow. That's right. It was a blowout. Man, I can't believe they beat the Colts like that. And people here in Houston are thinking they might go to the playoffs. Anyway... I guess every once in a while, a school find, blind squirrel will find an acorn, right? But anyway, all I can say is, we're back, baby! And you know what? Sure, we're not going to playoffs, but you know what? We're in see situation strong. I, I think we're going to have a strong showing, hopefully. Over uh, in Denver. Hopefully, I saw last week of Peyton's passes are wobbling like a lame duck. <laughs> all I can say is, go Raiders. Man, what a Christmas present. Hanukkah President, Kwanzaa President, whatever President you want to choose to name it. Just want to wish you all uh happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, and a happy new year. Happy safe. And I want to see you all next year, man. And we're all going to keep in touch, man. This is part of the season I, I dislike because it means the end is coming close. I know for some people this can't get here soon enough, but as a Raider fan, I live it Breathe it. 365, like you all do, that's what makes us fanatics. There's a reason why they call us that. And you all are my brothers and sisters for life, my friends. All the haters can kiss my ass. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. I'm out. Ciao.
1: Yeah, it is about having a home win. It is also about winning in general. And uh, We could have gone over oh, for, for sure. We were all thinking that. A lot of us were anyway, uh yeah, man. We got good things to come forward. We're back, we're back, We're looking for another coach. I hope we find one. I appreciate the call and the props, bro. Our next caller is Raider John from Seattle. What's up, man?
24: Hello, this is Raider John from Seattle. I'm calling because you know every single year we have hope, but uh. This year, in particular, we're finally building through the draft. We cut everything out, and Mark Davis even said that this child would be attractive to anyone. <clears throat> so, man, fuck that shit. I'm sick of fucking losing. God. Damn it. Can we hurry up and fucking win? Seriously, though, I don't want to change course, but we need to. If we can get a superstar coach in here, like a Jim Harbaugh, he don't want to move out the area, that's fine. He could probably coach well. and wellness. Pretty much, nice thing on to pay him. He understands how to coach people up. He was the only one out of fucking, what, six coaches who was able to get Alex Smith to coach. I don't think that if we get a real coach like a John Gruden or like him, um, I don't want no fucking Mike Holmes and no watch stuff like that, but if we get a real fucking coach, I do believe that we will have an opportunity to do something, but one more draft like that, and we're going to have 65 to $70 million? Shit, it's on, dude. It's fucking on. That's it, man. I'm out. I like the direction. I like the fucking... I like the quarterback. The quarterback is a winner, and of course, you know, I'm a Christian, but whatever. He believes in God, and With that type of faith and his even kill, and also growing up in a household that already had a a quarterback, shit, he's gotta do. He's gonna make it. Let's get him his fucking weapons. Let's get a fucking big stud defensive tackle in there, Um, a go-to receiver. I don't know. Um, And then let's run the ball like we did. All three of our wins have been at home. But you know, the great thing about it is. Each time we run the ball at least 24, 25 times. Let's run the ball to at least keep the defense honest. All right, I'm out. Raiders.
1: I, too, think Carr is the man. I think uh, for a lot of reasons his character is unquestionable, and his progress this year has been amazing. we got to give him the tools, but like I've said for a long time, our defense is on the verge. We have... Some good young players. we got some great veterans. We can make a big difference in our defense. That will help our offense tremendously. Uh, we have a lot of upside next year. I'm looking for it. Let's see a coach that can make it happen. Let's see somebody we can all get behind. Let us pray that uh, Reggie and Mark got this one right and we have a solid foundation for this young franchise. That is all I have to say about that. Our season is starting all over after we get our coach. We got the draft. Things are coming. News is happening. Stay tuned here to the podcast because I will be up in the house. I am Reddit Greg and I am
14: out.